Welcome to Anime Out of Context, a comedy review show hosted by a basement dweller who grew up scrounging terrible fan subs on sketchy websites prior to the convenience of modern streaming, alongside a willfully ignorant soul whose only knowledge of anime comes from the shows forced upon him here. This show will contain spoilers, incorrect information, and copious amounts of adult language. Our hosts are not experts on any topic, and everything they say should be taken with a grain of salt. Thank you for listening, and enjoy. Hello and welcome to Anime Out of Context, the show where I attempt to explain the sometimes weird, sometimes wonderful, but always hilarious world of anime. And I'm just the side character that everyone loves to hate. I'm Sean Rollins. I'm Remington Chase. Alright Remington, it's a new year. 2021 is here and I am not going to talk about the future right now because I am scared of it. We Yeah, we need to live in the present as, as much as we can. I'll be honest. Um, didn't, didn't end 2020 very well in my personal opinion when it comes to the podcast. Um, so I'm hoping that 2021 can start a lot better than 2020 ended. Yeah, and I, I plan to give you something, uh, give you something worthwhile. Something, uh, that can really bring a smile to peop- the people at home and hopefully maybe even to you, Remington. Uh, because we, we had to, we had to do a bit of a rough episode last week. Uh, it's understandable, all things considered. Uh, uh is it? Is it? People wanted it, Is it understandable? It, Look, people wanted it, uh, and the thing about Christmas is you give people what they want on Christmas, uh, if they've been good little boys and girls, even though- But then, as we all know, you give them what they want on Christmas, New Year's Day, fuck them. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, that's the mentality, isn't it? That's why every time <laughs> I, uh, as soon as I'm done giving my girlfriend a Christmas gift, I wait till New Year's run around, and then I just tear it from her hands and smash it on the ground. <laughs> That's how I have a healthier relationship. <laughs> it's the only way to do it. Uh, but no, Remington, I am actually going to do, we're actually going to do a new anime this week. Uh, All right. Uh, not new to uh, the world as a whole, but new to you and me. Hell yeah. Uh, because, Remington, we are going to do one of our most requested anime ever. Oh, no. Yes. Uh, I am going to, <laughs> yeah, I know. I know how that, that usually goes. Uh, so this time, uh, last week we did a lot of edgy shonen bullshit, right? Yup, yup, very much so. So I figured the best way to rein in the new year would oh, be God. with edgy seinen bullshit. Okay, it is, that is almost always better. Yes, yes. And I, I suppose you could say that Attack on Titan has some seinen elements, but let's be real, guys. It, it's shonen through and through. Like, just because you had a lot of blood and violence doesn't automatically make it seinen, uh, which might be the same for this one, but we'll see. Uh, <laughs> Fuck! Uh, no, 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 no. No need to be worried, Rem. No need to be worried. Uh, because today, Remington, we are going to talk about one of the edgiest anime to come out in the last decade. Uh... As well as one of the most beloved anime to come out in the past decade. So, we'll, we'll, we'll have to see. Uh, today, Remington, we are going to be talking about Tokyo Ghoul. Okay. Okay. So, I know nothing about it, but I do know how much it has been requested. And that is a ton. Oh, yeah. This is easily one of our most requested ones. Because people think that you'll enjoy it, Rem. Uh, mm. A lot of emails have been along the lines of, Okay, he hated this but there's no way he can hate this, right? <laughs> Tokyo Ghoul is like one of the go-to alternatives. Yes. They're like, oh, you hated this. Well, here's this, but better is usually the way it's framed. I, you know, as a side note, I feel like so often when, when you're shopping, you get targeted ads that are like, if you like this, you'll also enjoy this. I feel like companies like Amazon, they should start doing the opposite. Like after you leave a one-star review on something and it's like, all right, so uh, you, you called this item uh, trashy dog shit that no one should ever utilize. We think that you would actually very much enjoy this item. Just like opposite reviews? Yeah, like it, it, it just gives some anti-recommendations. Or it could also be like, hey, um, don't go for these. So like Amazon should just start refining it more, being like, you definitely, you'll hate this shit. But you know what? Because you hated this other thing, maybe you'll actually really enjoy this thing that's completely different. Okay, but the thing is, Rem, for that other one, they're not they're not likely going to be able to be like, oh, you know what? I did hate this thing and, I, and it says I'll hate this. Maybe I'll buy this one. Maybe it'll be better, worse. I don't know. I, don't, I feel like that's not very capitalist of you. It's more consumerism, you know? Well, Sean, what can I say? I'm representing Ponyo today. <laughs> oh, great. That's a reference that only people who listen to the Ponyo episode will get. Uh, that's for you guys. Anyway, so uh, 
So tell me a little bit about Tokyo Ghoul, Sean. So, Tokyo Ghoul. Uh... Tell me if this sounds familiar, Rim. Uh, Tokyo has become a cruel and merciless city. Yep, all right. Starting out pretty Pretty strong, pretty edgy. Uh, it is a place where vicious creatures called ghouls exist alongside normal humans. All right, so far it's pretty pretty standard anime stuff. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, the citizens of this once great metropolis live in constant fear of these bloodthirsty savages and their thirst for human flesh. However, the greatest threat these ghouls pose is their dangerous ability to masquerade as humans and blend in with society. All right, so there, there's a couple routes it can go. Um, it can go the super straightforward route, or it can go the, but actually, what if they are just like us route? Right. And, well, Rem, this is the story of our main character, uh, Ken Kaneki, or Kaneki. All right, good old Ken. Uh, I can't quite remember the exact pronunciation on that off the top of my brain, because I'm American and the owl is teaching me things, but... I eh, just call him Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> like fucking South Park? Hell yeah, brother. Oh, his death is imminent. He's fucked. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know, Rem. He's the main character of an anime, so it's hard to say. Yeah, but if it's a good anime, then maybe he'll die. <laughs> well, we'll have to see. Uh, but he is a, a shy, bookish college student. Hey, we have oh, an adult. Oh, hell yeah. All We've right. Got... Always, always a perk. Yeah, because this is a seinen uh, manga slash anime. So, of course, having adults is preferred. God. Uh, and he's a, just a shy, bookish college student who, uh, you know, is uh, minding his own business, you know, having a good old day, uh, drawn to another uh, person, uh, Rize Kamishiro, uh, who is also an uh, avid reader. So, of course, you know, there's a little chance for a little uh, little bit of romance there, you know, a little bit of, a little bit of college mingling. As they gon' fuck. Well, hey, now they're still young. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, gotta remember. Just because it's listed as for adults doesn't mean that kids won't watch it. So you gotta be careful because, as we all know, for some reason, a lot of kids listen to content made by adults. Generally speaking, for adults, can't imagine why we are horrible <laughs> individuals. Uh, no, sorry, I'm getting too specific. Don't worry about it. Uh, uh however, uh, Rize does not exactly seem to be who she seems. What? Oh, no, that's just my dyslexia acting up. However, Rize is not exactly who she seems. And this... <laughs> all right, so she's she's a ghoul. He wants to fuck a ghoul. I mean, to be fair, haven't haven't we all? <laughs> Playing Fallout and just, oh, man. A smooth skin. How's hey, it hanging? Uh, we've all played New Vegas. We've seen that cowgirl ghoul. <laughs> yes. Uh, although I will say this right now, if this entire anime was just like a, a psychological thriller, but all the ghouls just look like ghouls from Fallout, I feel like that would be the greatest <laughs> thing ever. Is he a ghoul? I can't tell. Hey, Smoothskin, want to go for a for a drive in a biscuit? You know, that'd right. be great. So it, it's Romeo Juliet, but with zombies. So it's Pride and Prejudice and zombies. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, unfortunately, due to uh, her in, uh, his interactions with her, he gets thrust into the dark, dark world of ghouls. Oh, that's not the kind of thrusting he wanted. No, 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 no. It, to be fair, some thrusting is better than no thrusting, I suppose. <laughs> uh, and if it's by a pretty anime girl, then you can't really complain too much. Uh, but yeah, Rem, that's just kind of how it starts because uh, this is a uh, psychological thriller horror anime and, you know, going too much into too much detail in it from the get-go, you know, could spoil some of the entertainment value. Okay, okay. Well, you know what? It, it has potential. A lot of people seem to think that I will like it. Yeah. So let's, fingers crossed, let's hope that I do. But before we do get into it, Rem, there is one more thing I have to warn you about. Oh, fuck. And this isn't like, uh, hey, watch out, this is for adults, so there's gonna be a lot of violence and stuff. Uh, that kind of disclaimer, you know, that that's to be expected from a saying. It's a given. Yeah, it's it's hand in hand. Uh, no, this is a disclaimer specifically for you, Remington. Okay. You can say anything you want to about this anime. Yep, and I will. Uh, which you will, and I won't hate you for it. Uh, I don't have super strong feelings about Tokyo Ghoul myself, but there's one thing about Tokyo Ghoul that you're not allowed to hate. Is it the water animations? No, 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 no. <laughs> that, that's a specific, that's, that's, that's a me thing, Rem. I, I might get after you after that, but I can't quite recall if there's water. The closest thing we might get is blood animation, I'll be honest. Uh, but no, 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 Rem. This is, this is very specific uh, because Tokyo Ghoul fans can be your best friends. 
They can be, you know, good-hearted, uh, tolerable people that just want to talk cool, dark, edgy anime. Uh, they'll even tolerate some of the, uh, the criticisms you let at some of their favorite shows. You know, it's to be fair, it's understandable. Uh, the good, healthy adult uh, Tokyo are, are Ghoul Are we fans. just doing Attack on Titan Stands Part 2 Electric Boogaloo right now? Not quite. Okay. There's one aspect of Tokyo Ghoul that you are not allowed to hate. You is can make fun waifu? of it, you can tease it a little bit, but is you can't outright say you hate it. Because but if you do, <laughs> I think we will have the worst emails we will ever see in our lifetime. <laughs> is it their waifu shot? No. Oh, wow. Okay. For once, it's not a waifu war. I'm amazed. This anime has an opening song. Oh, fuck. <laughs> if you hate this anime's OP, we will get the angriest, edgiest weebs coming after our throats. <laughs> Because this anime OP is beloved by so many people that I, if there was a cause for World War III, it won't be because of our inept uh, government. It'll be because somebody insults Unravel, which is the name of the song. Well, Sean, let's find out. <laughs> so be very careful, Rem. That, this is the one warning I can give you. And without further ado, let's dive into Tokyo Ghoul. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back after consuming five whole episodes of Tokyo Ghoul. And Remington, I can't help but notice you appear to be bleeding a little bit. Uh, oh yeah, you know, that's, that's normal. That's common. Yeah. Uh, it happens from time to time. Yeah, I, I, I told you that the show was edgy. Uh, did I understate <laughs> it at all? No, it is... It, it is a, a very, very sharp edge that this show has, for sure. And we've, we've discussed edge a few times on this show. Yeah. And there's a few different routes that it can go, right? Um, a, a great contrast would be, like, Helsing Ultimate versus Death Note. Both very edgy shows. Very, very, very edgy shows. Um, but in the case of, of Helsing Ultimate... It's, like, very surface-level aesthetic, which can get very boring. It's just, like, all, like, oh, look how dark and, and shocking this is with no real substance to it, right? Which is not great, in my opinion. Meanwhile, you have the Death Note where it's, like, super edgy, uh, but it fills, like, the atmosphere, the mood, and it has... It has substance, right? So we're going to discuss, like, which end Tokyo Ghoul falls upon more so. Uh, but but we'll, we'll save that for a little later. Okay, and before we get into it, uh, I have to ask, please, please tell me you at least thought the OP was okay. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, let's address this from, from the get-go. I, I don't... Uh, I don't care too much about your opinions on the show. I just... It's <laughs> just the OP. <laughs> the OP is the most sensitive thing about this entire anime. It's the one All thing right. the anime fans have that they will not let go of, and I, I don't want to take that away from them, you know? Uh, So my opinions about the OP, it's good. It's no Cowboy Bebop, but it's quite good. Well, yeah, okay, uh, hold on now. I, I, wish, I wish there was a bit more brass, you know? <laughs> I'm a big fan of brass. <laughs> I think that oh man, my edgy teenage do... like rock song did not have enough jazz and brass in it. You know what? A disappointment. I, you know, I was expecting the show that was ninety-eight percent edge to have a nice, cool, jazzy soundtrack. You know, I am. I, really, Remington, I'm sorry that I put this upon you. I am so sorry that I had to uh, bless your ears or rather curse them with the, the melodious sounds of edgy teenage angst. But no, no, you know what? You're right. Let, let's move on. Let's. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a sucker for brass, Sean. And you can have like, I, I guess like the darkest sort of like jazz you can get is noir, which is is not what they're going for. But, you no. know, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> It's pretty fucking far from noir, I would say. <laughs> All right, so uh, Tokyo Ghoul. So the show opens up with uh, a battle between an erotic aquarium zombie and Jason Voorhees. Yes, that is. That... <laughs> <laughs> uh, ooh. That's the opening scene. <laughs> uh, f you know you're you're joking. Uh, but here's the thing, Rem. Guess what that character's code name is? No, yeah, it, it, it's Jason, and yeah. it's it's weirdly like 
from the conversations they've had, it's implied that they're like Jason is like a category ish. Like no, there could be other Jasons, or just, they just talked about him weird. It's probably just it, we. You probably had to watch it on Funimation site, and Funimation site can be a bit mm, yeah, well, mm, eh, with the uh, oh, subbing. <laughs> okay, fair so enough. So it, it's a bit off. Uh, there's also lots of problems with the anime adaptation, but I can get into detail with those later on. <laughs> so uh, we we get a battle between them in which uh, erotic aquarium zombie murders the shit out of Jason Voorhees. Jason Voorhees gets fucked up. Uh, then we we cut uh, nice and abruptly to a lovely cafe chat with our our main protagonist and his best friend Hide. So uh, Hide is is accosting our our protagonist essentially just. Uh, why would you ever go to a bookstore as a first date location? It's real bad and dumb. Uh, and I take personal offense to that, as I th- I imagine you do, Sean. Oh, yeah, considering absolutely. both of us have used bookstores as first date locations. Yeah, no, that's literally one of the first places I take most dates. Uh, because, hey, guess what? Books are cool, and old bookstores are the coolest place ever. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then Hide is like, uh, hey, hey, bro, you, you think the waitress is cute? And our protagonist is like, I mean, yeah, sort of, yeah. And he's like, hey, waitress, you single! <laughs> uh, that would be Kaneki, by the way. Kaneki, Good old- Ken, whatever you want to call him. <laughs> Uh, the emphasis is always strange, and we'll change it a million times through our pronunciation. Yeah, we're, we're bad Americans. It's fine. Um, but uh, Hide tries to wingman a situation for Kaneki, and then he yeets himself on out of there. Kaneki just tries to, to ignore it. Uh, but then uh, a girl shows up, uh, a girl named Riza. She, you can tell she's important because she's all purple. Um, she's, like, everyone else is a pretty normal-looking character. Uh, she is just all purple. Uh, and she has the same book as Kaneki. What do you know? So they end up asking each other on a date. And boom. All right. They're on the date. Uh, they, they go on the date. It's pleasant. They walk home. How, how cute and adorable. Uh, and then she's like, oh, you know what? I think I'm falling for you. And then she takes a chomp out of him. It's a very high school DxD start, which is a weird. It that was high school DxD, right? Uh, what with the going on a date and then oh, oops, it's a demon yeah, yeah. succubus angel yeah. chick. Yeah, it, it's it's very akin to that. Like the first five minutes, very very similar. Um, and uh, she she's gonna fucking murk him until uh, shame on you, you you didn't follow Acme rules. So some industrial metal falls from a crane on top of her and fucking murks her. Yep. Uh, Kaneki, he wakes up in a hospital, right? And he's not feeling too great about himself. Um, feeling a little bit off. Um, food isn't tasting good. He's not hungry. He doesn't know what's going on. His eye is acting all funny. Um, Hide is a fucking bro. Uh, he's like checking in right at the hospital when Kaneki is discharged. He, he buys him some like groceries and ties them to the apartment door with a little note. Like Hide, so fucking thoughtful. He is a goddamn bro. Oh yeah. No, he's like proper best friend material. He's fucking great. Hey, Ram, how how come last time I got uh, in trouble with a uh, date, why didn't you, I don't know, visit me in the hospital or uh, bring me groceries? Uh, well, you know, I was just, I was busy engaging in casual cannibalism, so you can't <laughs> expect me to always be there for you, Sean. Oh, uh, uh, as long as it was casual, that's fine. You know, it's, yeah, when you start, it's when you start doing it professionally is when I get worried. So, uh, Kaneki, he's he's yet to figure out what's, what's going on. So he's... He tries munching on some of the food that Hide got him, and it all tastes horrible. As he's doing this, he hears uh, a very convenient newscast that's like, oh yeah, the thing about ghouls is all normal food tastes fucking horrible. Uh, And Kaneki is like, what? And so he starts eating everything that was given to him and like throwing it all up immediately, like just repeating that cycle. Uh, This whole food scene, uh, it, it was the first instance of a comparison I'm going to just extend throughout the entire show. Um, Sean, so in Death Note, you know the very, very famous melodramatic potato chip scene? Ah, I love the potato chip scene. Tokyo Ghoul is just that potato chip scene and like as a whole. (laughs) If you expanded that potato chip scene into an anime, it is Tokyo Ghoul. (laughs) It's... It's super. I take, I take this guy's hand and I eat it. 
<laughs> it's super over the top and melodramatic, but in a very self-aware way. So it's ridiculous, but it knows it's being ridiculous and it leans into it a lot. Uh, at first I thought it was just going to be the food scene, but no, it's like the whole anime yep. has that quality. Uh, so Kaneki is is freaking out, right? He's like, oh God. Uh, he attempts Sudoku, uh, doesn't work. Uh, <laughs> yeah, don't you just hate it when that happens? <laughs> I know it's it's so difficult. Too many numbers, and uh, he he goes out. He goes for a walk, trying to figure his shit out. Um, he walks down a nice dark alleyway because he can he can smell some good old home cooking. Uh, but it's not home cooking. It's it's a corpse. And you, meanwhile, you just have a ghoul feasting on the corpse. And there was a really nice part of this scene. So this is episode one, right? This is the first instance after uh, Riza that we've seen a ghoul, uh, or at least that Kaneki has seen a ghoul, right? And uh, so far we've we've seen them as very like inhuman, can't control their urges. Uh, but but here's this just like side character ghoul, and he's like, "Hey, I'm really the the ghoul is just telling Kaneki, yo, I'm I'm super hungry right now, but I can tell you're in bad straits, so like I I." I can share a little bit with you, though not a ton, right? Uh, and I really like that touch. It immediately, like, humanizes and adds a lot of nuance and context into ghouls. Even just, like, especially because it was just a meaningless side character. It's like, yeah, no, I mean, there's a lot of fucked up shit. That's not all there is here. Mm-hmm. Kind of humanizes uh, these uh, monsters a bit, right? Yeah, I think far too many dark shows, dark and edgy shows, they feel the need for, like, everything to be bad and awful. Uh, and I, I don't think that that works, usually. Uh, I, I think it works a lot better when you're like, hey, here's some, like, genuinely really nice moments and qualities. And then they're contrasted with this fucked up shit. Uh, let, let me put it this way. This side character, he gets yeeted uh, immediately. He's about to get murked. Uh... Because it's like ghoul territory and there's an argument about that. Uh, because as it turns out, uh, Hide is just like a ghoul magnet. Uh, we saw him hanging out with this kid, Nishio, uh, who also is a ghoul. Uh, the, the cafe he always visits, they're all ghouls. His best friend now is a ghoul. Hide, surrounded by ghouls. But when Nishio, this this preppy fuck, comes in and is like, my territory kills off the side character ghoul, that death was more... Me- it wasn't super meaningful, don't get me wrong. Uh, but it was more meaningful than the vast majority of anime deaths we have covered uh where they just don't matter at all and i don't care about the characters uh it was like hey that's a nice character oh he's gone like at least there was something there uh so they they there's this big old fight fortunately he saved by uh toka i'm gonna say toka is her name yep uh so toka she shows up saves uh, saves Kaneki, uh, sends Nishio to get the fuck out of here. Uh, and, and, and there we go. Uh, she's also like, eat some goddamn food, you piece of shit. And he's like, I don't want to eat people. I'm human though. And she's like, all right, I'm going to force feed you some food. So she just like grabs some flesh and shoves it in his goddamn gullet. And that's episode one. (laughs) Uh, overall first. Oh, keep going. Yeah. You got to eat, you know, it's, it's important. You do got to eat. Uh, Overall, first episode, uh, super interesting, very fast-paced, uh, which will continue throughout. Uh, it's a very fast-paced show. There's sometimes where it gets a tiny bit rushed, but overall, it's able to maintain its fast pace pretty well, I would say. Uh, and and yeah, definitely, uh, it introduces a lot. It's very well stylized in all of its decisions. It has very deliberate everything about it, which is so nice when there's been thought put in to the narrative and uh, and cinematic decisions of the show, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's some definitely like just silly bits, uh, m- most of which are are pretty pretty solid. Uh, of course, they do have to go with like the weeby eye as is oh, yeah. tradition. Because uh, how how can you tell if someone has some like evil possession running through their veins if they don't have the weeb eye? Uh, especially if it's only one weeby eye. That's how you know it's it's super edgy. Hey, because asymmetry is what makes things cool. <laughs> So it's a little bit cheesy, but it embraces it sufficiently well. Uh, Episode two, we open up with uh, the manager of the cafe walking outside and being like, Hey, Toka, um, chill the fuck out. Stop kicking the shit out of this poor boy and trying to force feed him. Um, He takes 
Kaneki in. He's like, hey, it's gonna be all right. Uh, here, drink some coffee. Coffee, as it turns out, is the only non-human food that ghouls can have. And right? suddenly being a ghoul isn't so bad. I don't know. It's it made a little bit worse, frankly. Coffee? Ugh. Oh, uh, but the human bits is fine. <laughs> Let me just lop off a bit of this leg and, oh, do I have to wash it out with coffee? Mm, no, well, I think I'll just have water. Has been, the implication has been that the flesh, like, it fundamentally tastes different than how flesh would normally taste. Like, Kaneki yep. is reminded of his mother's home cooking, which I imagine uh, his mother wasn't cooking up human flesh. So, clearly, it changes well, we your taste know. buds in we that regard. Know. But, why, well, we don't know. But I think it's safe to assume. Meanwhile, the the uh, the other implication is that it is just coffee that still tastes like coffee, which is terrible. Fuck that shit. Uh, I'll die on this hill. Coffee is as bad as Attack on <laughs> <laughs> okay, see, now, I wasn't going to get angry this episode, but that crosses a line, motherfucker. I know for a fact you had some lovely tiramisu. Guess what the fuck tiramisu is made out of, motherfucker? I, I can enjoy a very light mocha flavor. <laughs> Bitch, there was no chocolate That's in that thing. That's the extent thing. of it. <laughs> mocha indicates so, chocolate, you fool. Uh... <laughs> So, uh, we get some nice delusions and hallucinations on Kaneki's part where he's imagining Riza because he, th essentially they transplanted her organs into him, which is why he's become this half ghoul. Um, yep. and, uh, he, he now hallucinates and has delusions about her. Uh, it's not super defined as of yet whether it's, she like actually has her essence within him or if it is just like sort of a psychological effect of him sort of losing it in ghoul mode uh which either way it totally works uh and i don't think the question needs to be hard answered yet either way um then finally uh kaneki he goes back to school and he has a nice little edgy eye patch you know to cover his wee vibe i mean or just a normal uh, ass eye patch up. that people wear when they have eye injuries I mean, but but we've seen anime. Have we watched a single anime with a character with an eye patch who hasn't? I think the only time we've seen it is with Chunibios being edgy. Yeah. I think that's the only time we've seen it in anime. So I yeah, feel like I'm justified. It's in not a trope that. that we've really. Yeah, it's not a, a trope we've really uh, delved into. I have a couple anime that uh, use that, uh, but this is the first one that really uses it and actually has a mechanical purpose to it. Aside from my yeah. eye has the powers of Aeon type of thing <laughs> yeah but and then it works uh Hide, he shows up with a phenomenal run um and like i can't describe it if you've seen tokyo ghoul you know Hide's run it's a great run uh he he meets kaneki and he's like oh my god i'm so glad you're finally back at school thank god i've missed you brother you're fantastic uh real real nice and and good relationship um then he's like oh yeah i gotta meet up with this uh, preppy ass hat uh you want to come with me cool uh and the preppy ass hat who should it be but nishio the guy who showed up and got his ass kicked by toka earlier uh so both nishio and uh kaneki are like oh that's awkward welp uh they, they all walk home together and uh just at one point they just abruptly stop and nishio is like all right he kicks Hide into oblivion. Just like, it's such a brief, abrupt mo moment. It's really good. Just yeets him, uh, yeets him like 30 yards uh, into the abyss. And it's like, all right, hey, uh, I'm about to eat your friend, brother. So just, just letting you know that. And he goes, tries to to eat Hide. Fortunately, uh, he he's, he's stopped by our lovely protagonist, who still doesn't know like what's going on. He's he's a weak ass bitch, but once he gets like a hole in his stomach, then uh, he's like, okay, time to be awoken. He activates his super dark weeb ghoul powers and and kicks uh, Nishio's ass. Uh, I thought for a moment that he killed Nishio. No, it doesn't kill him. Does severely wound him. Uh, yeah, Toka, ghouls are, she, ghouls are pretty hard to kill, up. as it turns out. Uh, yeah. Toka, she shows up and she she's like, hey, uh, cut it out. Because uh, she's just omnipresent everywhere. Uh, and finally, we end with uh, a little scene about these two detectives. Uh, they're called Suits. Apparently, um, you have mm. one who's yeah. like top young, young guy, top of the academy. And then you have crazy old fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, nice, respectable young man. A uh, bit on the big side, but you know, it's right. And then you've got fucking 
HR Geiger stylized. <laughs> yeah. Crazy old just, man. Just out of his goddamn mind. Uh, so we're introduced to them. They're investigating the ghouls to some degree. We don't know a lot about it yet. Um, are, are they actually called suits or was that a weird? Uh, that sounds like a weird thing? thing. They're usually called like agents or doves is usually the term that are given to them. Oh, yeah. They call them doves later. Yeah. Yeah. They call them doves later um, until they call them doves, which starts, I think, in like the fourth episode. They call them suits. Um, which I mean, that works. But, it it's it just it just sounds a little weird to me, just because I don't know. I've been reading the manga lately. That's know? fair. Uh, and I say that's how episode two two ends. That's technically not true. Obviously, you have the end credits, right? But also something I did not expect from this series: uh, Tokyo Ghoul has slice of life post credit skits, <laughs> which. <laughs> You know, like like you get in any slice of life, they're just like wholesome. They add a little bit of a character moment or something. Uh, sometimes they're canonical. Sometimes they're just silly. Uh, often they're sort of meta and self-referential. Uh, yeah, Tokyo Ghoul has those. I don't know if we've All seen right, those sure, since. Why uh, not? Yeah, I don't think we've seen those since Mirai Nikki. Come to think. No, we've definitely seen them in in a few other anime. I just can't remember specifically which one. Yeah, Mirai Nikki is um, just the one that really uh, rings oh, true. You know what? One one that had it was the Dog Podcast. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that one had it, which. That's all we'll say about that show. Mm-hmm. Um, so, episode three. Uh, we we see this lovely family, and there's a doctor father there, and they're visited by, like, a mob boss of some degree who's like, hey, make me another device or else. And then he leaves, and the family's all spooked. Uh, then we go to uh, the cafe where Kaneki, he's been hired on at the cafe so he can be with all the other ghouls at the cafe, right? Uh, they, they chat about it and the doves, the agents, they're, they're around, they're investigating. So they mentioned that, uh, they're also like, all right, uh, another important thing, uh, you need to go with Yomo for food procurement. Uh, so we're introduced to Yomo, who's just this big old stoic ghoul, uh, takes him to a cliff. Uh, to which Kaneki promptly falls off the fucking cliff. Yeah. Coordination, yeah, not his do. strong suit. No. Yo, he, he saves himself with his ghoul powers. Uh, but at the bottom, they see a body that's committed suicide. And it's like, oh, oh, this is how we, okay. Oh, I see. Uh, we, we intersperse this episode with, uh, scenes of the doves, the, the two doves, uh, going through alleyways and just murdering a bunch of ghouls after interrogating them uh, about, uh, what was it? Was it like pliers or something? I forget. Um, yeah. Pliers yeah, just... that were found at, at the scene of the crime, you know? Yep. So they're investigating. They're like, do you know what this is? And they're like, I've never seen pliers in my goddamn life. And then they get murdered. <laughs> Uh, so th- this this episode has quite a bit of those moments. Um, they decide Kaneki needs to get himself an edgy fucking mask. So they go to the edgy mask store. Yes. Uh, and I'm just reminded of the mask seller from Legend of Zelda, but if you turned him goth as fuck. Yeah, I mean, uh, hey, that's, that's an apt that's description. <laughs> it works pretty well. Uh, like super edgy and hot topic. Uh, but once again, they lean into it. Uh, we, we get some, I thought, unnecessary exposition about the masks. Because they had sort of been like, hey, the doves are here. We need to get you a mask to hide your identity. And then there's a moment a bit later where Kaneki is like, but what's up with the masks? And uh, Toka is like, you don't even know what the masks are for. They're to hide your identity from the doves. Which, like, they already covered. It was a weird moment uh, yeah, that fortunately I th- I Tokyo Ghoul doesn't have a lot of. that might have been anime inclusions. Yeah, Tokyo Ghoul doesn't have a lot of those weird, unnecessary moments, but this was definitely one of them. Uh, also, in this episode, Toka, who's been, like, pretty pretty chill and a bit caring overall, uh, albeit a little cold and quiet, um, she's, like, super temperamental in this episode. Not in any other episode, just this episode, she's hyper-temperamental at, like, everything Kaneki does. And that's weird. That was a weird, like... Yep. It, incongruity with yeah, the rest yeah. of everything. That's a that's a, another uh, another issue with the anime. But go on, continue. Yeah, and it's like this isn't an ongoing problem. In the first two episodes, she anime. wasn't like that, and in ep- yeah, in episode four and five, she wasn't like that. But in episode three, she's very much like that. So I don't. That was weird. That was weird. Uh, but whatever. Um, you have you remember the doctor we mentioned 
at the very, very start of episode three. All right. Well, his family, uh, they show up to the cafe and they're sort of taken in. Um, Kaneki walks in on the little girl, the little daughter feasting on food. Uh, and he's like, oh, how embarrassing. Uh, he goes in, apologizes, gives her coffee, uh, and then starts giving her a literacy lesson. Uh, and we end the episode with... Uh, Sukiyama, who looks like Riza's brother, he's, uh, he's very purple and saturated as well. This motherfucker's so over the top. Uh, he arrives and he's just, he's just a glamorous purple man. Uh, and that's, we, we, that's how we end the episode. Glamorous purple man. Uh, episode four. Episode four, we open up with Toka. Uh, her, her friend has kindly given her some food to share. Uh, and Toka's like, oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Uh, she eats it, pretends that she doesn't fucking hate it because she's a ghoul, and then goes and throws it up later. Um, then we see, uh, Kaneki, he's chilling at school, but then who should arrive but Tsukiyama, the, the fabulous creepazoid. It's been implied and like Toka was like, oh, you don't want to fuck with him. He's fucking awful. Uh, and now, you know, that's sort of confirmed because he's chilling around school uh, and going up to Kaneki and being like, hello there, Kaneki. Um, <laughs> he's very, it very much feels like he's grooming Kaneki. Uh, yeah, uh, you could say that. <laughs> he's, he's like, hey, what if we went and fuck? So it, it's a nice weird moment. <laughs> um, they schedule a date. Uh, we get some training with with Stoic Yomo. Uh, we meet another ghoul, Atori, in a in her bar. Uh, the, these are just like nice little character introduction moments. Uh, like these characters, they they're developed a bit, but they they are not yet super relevant. So that's why I'm more or less skipping over them. Yeah. Uh, finally, also you said you said Tsukiyama looked like uh, uh, her brother earlier. Yeah. Uh, he is not. He is very much not. Just thought right, I'd clarify he, that before I got the Twitter. Uh, the Twitter. Yeah, he's totally like in the same design camp, though. He is like they. I mean, so is everybody Riza, in this anime. Well, well, but him and Riza look categorically different from everybody else in the exact same way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we we get Kaneki's date with uh, Sukiyama. Uh, at one point, Kaneki like cuts himself a little bit and Tsukiyama is like, oh, don't worry, let's just wipe that off. And then he goes into the bathroom and he starts sniffing the blood on the handkerchief uh, and he jizzes in his pants. And it's it's a nice weird moment. Um, it's, yeah. it's sufficiently, you should sufficiently feel like he is like a creepy fetishistic type character. Yeah, yeah, no, he's, uh, uh, you might say he's a bit voracious in his desires. Oh, yes. Uh, so he, they, they go together to a, a lovely fancy mansion where, uh, Kaneki, he, he showers, he gets dressed, uh, in, in some brand new clothes, uh, which the fact that he's showering, it leads me to believe Kaneki, Kaneki's getting ready to, to fuck right here. Kaneki, Kaneki's ready to bone. All right. Um, he, he's, he's like shy and not upfront about it, but he knows what's going down. He, he, or at least he thinks he knows what's going right. Um, but as it turns out, he did not buy a one-way ticket to Bone Town. Uh, instead, uh, Sean, you you played uh, Bioshock, right? Of course, it's one of my favorite games. Uh, so in in the first game, you know Fort Frolic. Right? Oh yeah, 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 of course. yeah, yeah. Everyone knows Fort Frolic. It's like probably the best part of the first game. Uh, and in Fort Frolic, it's all about having um uh what, what was the it was Cohen. It was good old Cohen, right? Who was just this eccentric dude who. Uh, just wants to put on a, a fabulous show. Yes. Tsukiyama is very much in that camp because uh, as Kaneki, he drinks some coffee and is waiting for uh, for his date to arrive. Uh, he ends up getting transported into a very fancy gladiator arena is how I'm going to describe it. A beautiful, elaborate stage uh, where Kaneki, he is here so that a bunch of ghouls who are in the audience can, can feast on him, right? Uh, with a lovely spectacle as well. Dinner and a show. Mm -hmm. um, they show up uh, and it's like, all right, well, time for you to get murdered. Uh, and then we are introduced to, I think the best character. I thought it was gonna be Hide. No, 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 no. Uh, this is the best character. It's Taro. Um, Taro is a big executioner, the size of a truck. Um, <laughs> he's just a, a big old goofball. He's just so silly. <laughs> like, as he walks, he's like, saunter, saunter, saunter. Uh, and hell yeah, Taro, you saunter your way in here, you son of a bitch. 
Uh, he's really he good. He just wants to make he's his mama really, happy. Really <laughs> yeah, he, he, like his mama is a ghoul up there um, who's like, yeah, kill him, sweetie. And he's like, yeah, I will. Uh, and it's real nice. And it's like, all right, well, although Kaneki has been training, it's he's pretty outmatched by Taro, right? Um, Taro quickly gets the upper hand. Kaneki can't dodge for too long. Starts just choking Kaneki out. Uh, Kaneki activates his Weebuy, but isn't able to do much with it. But then when, when the ghouls see that he is a one-eyed ghoul, oh my god, oh my god, how special, how fancy. Uh, then Sukiyama is like, hold up, I can't share this shit. So he shows up, he kills Taro, um, which is an abomination, because Taro is a good fucking boy. It's a tragedy, uh, really. It really is, he's such a good character. Uh, and he's like, alright, uh, we're actually all gonna be eating Taro today. I'm not sharing Kaneki, so just a heads up. And the mom is like, what the fuck? Which is fair. Yeah, uh, I mean, which, how would you feel reasonable. if you got watched your, your big, beautiful, bouncing boy get horribly eviscerated? <laughs> uh, fortunately, in the post-credit scene, we do see Taro again. Uh, this time just like in a t-shirt and jeans. She's real good. I hope, like, I, okay, I hope Taro, like, stays dead for the sake of continuity and death being meaningful. But I also hope that he shows up in more of the post-credits skits. Because, my God, he's so good. He's yeah. so good! I need my my big silly boy to stay in this show. He, he can and should stay dead canonically. But just let him be a goofball in the post credit scenes. That's all I want. I, uh, I won't finally, confirm or to... deny it for you, Rem. Just because I want you to dream. Oh, I want you to crossed. be happy. Uh, episode 5. Uh, we, we are back at the cafe. Um, but at this point, I was like, you know who I'm missing? Because we haven't seen him since episode 2. We haven't seen Hide in a while. And unfortunately, we don't see him this episode really either. Which is unfortunate. Where the fuck did Hide go? Uh, yeah. They better no, not. I, are they pulling yeah. a Klein? Well, I mean. <laughs> oh, they're pulling a Klein. Uh, Hide's so a little good. I uh, know he's good. He don't worry. So he has more relevance good. in the manga. Oh, that's not what I want to hear. I don't give a shit about the manga. <laughs> Fuck the manga. All right. That's disappointing. They they climbed him because he was, a, besides I mean, he, Taro, he, he was the best character. He relevant again in the anime as well. It just takes a minute. Oh, God. That's fucking sucks. All right. Anyway, uh, Toka is sick in the ca cafe. So uh, Kaneki goes and visits her. Uh, she gets food from her friend and forces herself to eat it, even though her friend is gone. Um, later, Kaneki, he's, he's wandering about. Uh, and he sees that Nishio, the, the preppy kid, uh, from earlier, he's getting his ass kicked by a bunch of other girls who are planning to, to eat him. Uh, fortunately, Kaneki saves his ass, uh, helps him home where we meet Nishio's, uh, girlfriend, Kimmy. Uh, we, we get some nice backstory about Nishio and Kimmy and their relationship together, uh, which is right in time for Kimmy to get kidnapped by Sukiyama. Sugiyama, he he was stopped briefly, but he's not stopped permanently. He wants to eat Kaneki, and by God, he he's gonna do it. So he kidnaps Kimmy, and it's like, hey yo, if you want the girl you were hanging out with, come visit me here. Uh, and it's in this nice, uh, well lit chapel. Uh, who knows how he got permission to be there? Um, uh, but here here he is. And you think he? Uh, you Kaneki think that guy got permission for anything? Let's be real. <laughs> Uh, it would have taken so much time to light all the candles in there, though. Doing that alone, that's rough. Uh, look, I mean, if you're gonna, if you're gonna up. have a nice, fancy meal, you gotta, you gotta <laughs> splurge a little bit. You gotta put a little effort set, into it. You gotta set the it's mood. Not every day you get to yeah. eat somebody that you haven't, uh, seen before, you know? Yep. Kaneki shows up with Nishio, and Sugiyama is like, I didn't ask for two of you now, uh, but whatever. Uh, and Sugiyama's like, all right, so here's the deal. Kaneki, I want you to eat her. I want you to eat Kimmy. And as you're eating her, I want to eat you. Um, and Kaneki and Nishio are like, no, fuck you. Get the fuck out of here, you fucking asshole, you creep. Uh, so they try to fight Sukiyama, right? And Sukiyama just kicks their fucking ass. Just wipes the floor with them. Uh, fortunately, uh, Toka, she shows up. She's there for the save. Uh, she gets a, a nice hit in uh, for Sukiyama. Uh, unfortunately, that advantage does not last long. Sukiyama is able to still pretty handily uh, dominate against Toka, Nishio, and uh, Kaneki. Which I appreciate, because... Like, so far, we've seen 
Toka like show up and save the day already a couple times, right? So it's like, we get it. She's a badass. She's much more skilled than your average ghoul, right? Um, but if she would have shown up and done that again, it would have started to get old. So the fact that like they start out with the same old routine, but then Sukiyama it's still, he's just a real talented guy. He's got a, a good old diet and he's ready to, to kick ass. Like he knows what he's doing. It sets him up as a very legitimate threat, which is nice. Right. Uh, then, uh, Sukiyama, like he breaks Kaneki's arm. He starts fighting. Nishio tries to stop him from eating Kimmy. Uh, and then Toka and Kaneki are like, Hey, so if your diet matters, uh, what if Toka, what if you took a bite of me? Would that help? And she's like, yeah, probably. Uh, and so he's like, all right, do it and kick his ass. Hopefully. Uh, so she takes a bite. I do have to question. So Sean. Yes. Um, for whatever reason, I have to take a bite of you to save all of our lives. Okay, Sean? Right. Um, I imagine there'd be a few locations on your body where you'd be like, yeah, probably not that. Obviously the sensitive bits, but like yeah, also I was about just, to say, I love you like a brother, but also man, just but, like, <laughs> but also like the important for life bits, right? The vital areas. Right. Um, so if I were to take a bite, like you'd probably offer like maybe your hand or your leg or something, right? Right. Uh, th that those would be like reasonable parts offer. Obviously, it sucks no matter what, but take a bite of my tricep. Cool. Uh, no, we're we're going full vampire on this son of a bitch. It's very like Bella Edward Twilight shit. Just bite right into the neck, right, right into the neck shoulder area. Um, which yeah, feels it's, like it's a more very... along the lines of like the shoulder where the uh, deltoid connects things. So it's not as vital. It still feels like a real bad place to do that. But how sexy uh, was that shot, Remington? I understand. I understand. It's nice, sexy, and dramatic, but it's also a bit dumb. Uh, <laughs> and I'm willing to forgive it because it's like the show hasn't been super stupid the whole way through. So I can forgive a few moments of stupidity, but it is a bit dumb. Uh... Nonetheless, she activates her her nice weeby eye powers, and that that's how we end things right before the standoff. Uh, so overall, I think there were some real nice moments, stylistically and atmospherically. The show is solid. It knows what direction it's going. It knows what direction it's going in. It's confident in its character design. Uh, it, it's put thought into things, uh, and you can tell that it pretty well knows what it is. There are a couple occasional slip-ups. Sometimes the pacing gets a bit rushed, uh, though most of the time it's just good and fast-paced. Uh, and overall, while not a perfect show, I think it's real solid. Wow, Rem. I'm, I'm actually pleasantly surprised by this. Unironically, to go back to my comparison uh, way back when, if you thought that the potato chip scene from Death Note was actually pretty good, obviously absurd, but for that reason, pretty solid, uh, you will like Tokyo Ghoul. Genuinely, I think that is the best comparison I can make for all of you. Uh, okay. Well, that's good to hear, Rem. Uh, here's the thing, though. We have yep. to talk a bit about tragedy. Uh, good, good old tragedy. So, the thing about Tokyo Ghoul is, Rem, and you didn't get to see much of it, you, you kind of got hints of it, which is, uh, the biggest, uh, unfortunate, uh, case of this show. But, uh, Tokyo Ghoul fans have it super rough. And here's why. Yeah? Uh, Tokyo Ghoul the manga is very well beloved and, uh, adored by many, many, many people. So when it got an anime adaptation, people were thrilled, excited. And, you know, those first five episodes, while a bit rushed, are really solid and really entertaining. Uh, yeah. But you know those bits that seemed a bit rushed, Remington? Yeah, yep. What if we took that pace and sped things up? I don't know about that. I don't know about what that, if man. we had a pretty cohesive story lined up with lots of little tiny nuances and little tiny uh, affects that made the world feel a bit fuller and a bit more interesting uh, and all the more edgy. Uh, and we just took about half of them and didn't bother showing them. Oh, no. What if we had a whole arc that was... Oh, a couple dozen chapters in the making uh, to a big event, big dramatic stakes, uh, all kinds of interesting interplays between characters. And we just, yeah, a good quarter of that we just don't need. You know, we just don't need all that uh, introduction and depth. How would that make you feel? Uh, prob probably pretty rough, especially if I was a, a big fan of the manga. I will say I, I could, like, trying to be charitable, I could understand, like, there will always need to be some changes in any type of an adaptation. Uh, but from the impression I'm getting, uh, 
it, it, it is a bit excessive. Yeah, I, I didn't want to use the bullshit rule on this anime for one reason, Remington. I wanted to give you the experience of Tokyo Ghoul. The, like, the, the <laughs> most wholesome experience that you could get from this adaptation. Because unfortunately, Remington, after about that point, the pacing and story structure kind of gets out of control. And oh, no. the running joke of this show is, you know what? It probably made sense in the manga. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and we yeah, will come like, back already to... you, you could tell like the the pace of the plot train it, it's been a little bit like unsteady it's going at full speed and it's starting to get a little bit shaky right it's still on rails still on the rails but it, it's it, it's loosening up on those rails uh and if, if you were in the train you'd be like is this thing gonna hold up so from the impression it it doesn't it the the train cannot withstand <laughs> withstand the pacing issues unfortunately no because they tried to shove so much into the first season into 12 measly episodes uh that things a lot of things got cut out like a lot of things right like oh my god so many things got cut out uh but you know what i can accept that like you said adaptations are rough uh to do sometimes and you know sometimes you don't have the budget or time frame to make uh, everything you desire oh What's not so forgivable, on the other hand, is what they did after the first season. Oh, no. Now, we will probably come back to Tokyo Ghoul sometime, because you need to see these tragedies firsthand. But I feel like I'm. This is, it's going to be a bit of a Hitchcockian effect for you, Rem. Uh, just for some perspective, the MAL score for the first season of Tokyo Ghoul is about 7.81. Okay, okay. So pretty high, but definitely a little lower yeah. than you'd expect for a show that's as hyped as it is, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah, and we get some really cool, stunning animation in this first season and some cool fight scenes and some cool uh, stylistic choices. It, very good and solid. What happens in the second season onward can only be described as tragedy, Remington. I won't get into oh, too no. many specifics, but... What if your plan was to do an anime-specific uh, uh, version of a show? You know, we've seen them in the past where you may not have all the content you need to continue the story, or you might uh, want to slightly deviate because you don't know if you'll get enough episodes to tell the full story, that kind of thing. What if you try, so you try yep. and do your anime-only uh, version of the story? And that can be fine, but it has its own yep. slew of problems. What if about partway yeah. through that, anime only season uh you'd start trying to tell the canon story again oh i okay it, i it seems like that might be a, a challenge <laughs> challenge is an understatement remington because tokyo ghoul fans bless their hearts have been so abused by the worst second season <laughs> oh, no. on the face of the planet followed by a third season that tries to go back to the main <laughs> storyline but really, really <laughs> tragically fails because the production quality was dropped and it was like several years in uh, split off. How does that get greenlit after? I don't know, <laughs> Rem. <laughs> I haven't watched all of it myself because I'll be honest, it was a little painful. Uh, but I have read all of Tokyo Ghoul and about I'm about halfway through Tokyo Ghoul Re right now, which is like the uh, se uh, the sequel series for the manga and where the third season yep. takes place. And after seeing what I've seen in the manga and what I saw in the anime, I understand why Tokyo Ghoul fans are pissed now. Like, I just, I knew kind of offhandedly why they were pissed. But now I know personally, and I'm like, oh, my sweet summer child, I'm so sorry. I just, I just, uh, that, yeah, Alexa, that, play Unravel. That sounds unfortunate, because, like, I can, I can see, especially with what you're saying, I can see all of the potential here. Uh, and, oh, God. Well. So we, so, we will come back, Rem. We will come back. You'll have to experience this firsthand. Oh, no. Uh, oh, no. And I'm doing kind of a Hitchcockian effect for you right now. I'm trying to, I'm trying to tell you there's a bomb underneath the table, and we're going to have to watch it go off together. Uh, because what I showed you today, Rem, was very arguably the most promising start to a very popular anime adaptation, and I just want to see it come crashing down with you, my friend. It, it, there's a metaphor in here somewhere about how this is our first episode of the year. <laughs> 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 really promising start, uh, but just you fucking wait. <laughs> Look, man, well, we started the beginning of 2020 super optimistically and super wholesome and super, like, comedy-filled. I figured if we do the opposite this year, maybe, just maybe, things will go better. Oh, boy, oh, boy. <laughs> 
So I have to ask Remington one final question. Any chance you want to sit down and watch some more Tokyo Ghoul with me? I'm gonna say yes, Sean, but I'm a little bit spooked. As you should be, Rem. As you should be. So thank you all so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. If you enjoyed descending into the mountains of madness with us, then please leave us a review on whatever platform you listen on, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, or word of mouth is a great way to do it. And if you'd like to support us even more directly, we have a Patreon over at patreon.com slash anime out of context where you can gain access to all kinds of lovely bonus content, including having the opportunity to hear Rem horribly mispronounce your name. Rem, who are we thanking this week? Well, of course, we would like to send out all of our appreciation for our bland bitch protagonists, as well as our magical girls. But moving on, we reach the yandere waifus who are sure to uh, to just gobble us up uh, with, with a side of coffee. And on that list, we have King Arthur is my waifu, Cheese Monkey, Sarah Birch, Kazu Morocco, Shawnee Rawlings, Sean the Weeb of the Highest Order Rollins, Yuliana, Salty Pretzel, Glenn Michael Dolan, Jacob Livingston, H. Wood, Farmer, I'm too sexy for my shirt, too sexy for my shirt, so sexy it hurts Weeb, Alexander Nasiansenyo, Remhub, Andrew Rawicki, Matthew B., Devin McCutcheon, Sage Schiffner, Reverse Kismo Kismo, Supercalifragilisticexpialisnoosius, Sean Onichan Bakauwu, Ready to be Isekai'd, <laughs> Remington Merrill, Alex from Down Under Thunder, we don't Sunday just plunder to hit that shit like a golf runner. Apostle for the Church of Remington, Snap Snips, Ichigo Simp 015, Echidna is best girl, Remington is not a man of culture, Foxin Boy, The Booty Knight, Andrew Sinclair, Jax, Dark Swarm 713, Yuno Gasai, Kitty, Redneck Weeb, Ariel Bird, gotta wonder where exactly Remington gets these hot takes, I gotta warm my house over winter, Lonely Geek 23, Kyle Welsh, David Fryer. Thank absolutely every single one of you, but we move on. We move to the next tier, representing Elijah Wood in all of his glory. We are doing the Boy Wizard tier. And this week, Sean, what is ever, what what vaguely Harry Potter-ish related kind of thing are, are, are we giving everyone, Sean? I, I love how you've completely run out of ideas, so you're tossing the ball over to me, expecting me to catch it. Oh, but wait, I got I... it. I got it. Okay. Well, Harry Potter, right? Right? Okay. So everyone is getting a pottery, your spirit pottery. <laughs> Your pottery patronus. <laughs> Your pottery patronus. Oh no. Oh, the barrel's been scraped so cleanly that you've had to make a new barrel from scratch out of pottery. <laughs> okay. So, um, oh god. I can't even. Okay, I'm just. <laughs> All right, uh, spicy locker ice is one of the best men. Isekai use the BS rule hot take. You are getting uh, a porcelain bowl. You, yeah, that's your Patronus. Uh, Delina Perez, yours is is going to be a marbled vase. Miguel Delion, you get a clay cup. Wow! <laughs> so bad. Wow! Really Best dulling the out the fancy works, huh? <laughs> you get uh, a uh, basalt plate. Uh, <laughs> rare need more CGDCT shows like even... Kinmoza. Uh, it's on the list, Sean. <laughs> I, I'm on the potteries.org, You son oh, of a bitch. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> the the most reputable site <laughs> for all. Of they your know more about needs. pottery than I do. Okay, it cuts off. I don't. It ends with Kumiko. I know that. There's too many letters. I don't know. Take it up with Patreon. Uh, you get a creamware gravy boat. Oh, God. That's disgusting. <laughs> no. That's like what a very I call, awkward person tries to call. Uh, no, I hate it. Uh, then we have I call Bondrew Daddy. Um, and you get a cauliflowerware kettle. Uh, Enrique Perez Torres, you, my friend, are getting a Jasper keg. <laughs> <laughs> Empty the poet. You are getting some slipwear slippers. <laughs> I beg your pardon. I beg your pardon. What? 
I, when did oh, we transfer from pottery sadist. to lingerie? <laughs> Dedicated sadist, you are obviously going to get some, some, some Jackfield. <laughs> the example that it has, I'm just going to use it. You're getting a Jackfield cow creamer. <laughs> Frack me, Mr. Peanut Butter. You are getting a, a bone china <laughs> uh, uh, mm. teacup. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, the brown mamba. You, I'm, oh god, I'm, I'm so messed up right now. You're getting. I'll, I'll bone your a, china. A Harryan body pillow. There we go, everyone. All right, we've been th through that fucking abomination, pot man and god. Uh, moving hold on, on, hold on, hold on. Wait a minute, hold on. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's how that works. The I think you're incorrect, sir. Go tier. Our highest tier, Cory in the house. And uh, you know what? Let's honor one of our Cory in the House members specifically. Um, everyone is leaving. We, well, we start Emoto Aika, Waluigi for life, OO. You and everyone else are, are getting kinds of Waluigi. You, of course, get uh, get the mythical and legendary Smash Bros. Waluigi. It's out there somewhere. Uh, correction, couldn't have gone worse if you tried. Uh, here, oh, you get Tennis Waluigi. Almighty Sinner, you get Mario Party Waluigi. Zachary Shirley wants you to remember the Indian in the cupboard. Uh, well, and Shirley, you also want Mario Kart Luigi. Uh, touchy Diplomat, you get Soccer Luigi. Um, then Silicon Spectre, you are going to get Erotic Waluigi. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. I don't think if you can you do that. If you want to contact us, whether it's for comment, question, feedback, or recommendation, you can tweet us at AnimeConPod on Twitter or send an email over to AnimeOutOfContext at gmail.com. Take it away, Sean. And, I, and I'd like to formally apologize to Silicon Spectre. Uh... And with that, thank you all so much for tuning in. And as always, don't fuck your sister and a happy new year. I'll bone your china. <laughs>